Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. Welcome to worship. We are glad you all are here, and it is Reformation uh, Sunday, so it's a day of commemoration, celebration, and thanksgiving. If you're visiting with us, we invite you to fill out a trifold communication card, which looks like this, and to put it in the offering plate later in the service. Uh, We love that you're here, and we'd like to thank you for visiting with us. And if you're looking for a church home, we invite you to put down roots here at Good Shepherd. Well, it's been quite a week at Good Shepherd as we close out our God's Grace Your Hands generosity project. We're glad the word has gotten out into our community about God's abundant grace through the local media, and we will continue to reflect on this experience and what God is calling us to next. For those who have signed up for the potluck tonight, we will see you there as we celebrate God's goodness. As you may know, it's part of our mission to serve others, and you can do that by joining Judy's Joggers at the Matthew 25 Hunger Walk. You can see information in the Our Life um, about this, and it's also you can register in the lobby. We walk in honor and memory of Judy Hermit, and that's in two weekends, so we hope you'll join us. And today we celebrate the Reformation by supporting 11 of our young people who will be affirming their baptism through the rite of confirmation at the 11 o'clock service. Uh, Please to remember to hold these sisters and brothers in your prayer. Next weekend is All Saints, and we will be remembering those who have been saints in our lives. It's also the weekend when we change the clocks back. So remember to fall back one hour on Saturday night. So you'll be here on time. And uh, finally, uh, we were not able to do trunk or treat yesterday because of the weather. So if you brought candy and you haven't bought candy for your home already, we're going to invite you to take home the candy you brought and use it at your house. Um, And if not, we will figure out another, we'll figure out something else with what to do with the leftovers, but we don't think we should keep it for a year. It might just not be too good at that time, so we'll do that. But I think those are all the announcements that um, I have up here. We're glad you're here, and uh, may God be with us as we worship. Good morning. Our first reading this morning is a reading from Jeremiah chapter 31. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone— 
from the least to the greatest, will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Here ends the reading. The second reading is a reading from the third chapter of Romans. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given, for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Here ends the reading. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The whole gospel according to St. John. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said, and we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but the son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Well, grace and uh, peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, this weekend in the Lutheran Church, if you haven't already figured it out, probably you have, it is Reformation Sunday, and I can tell that by all the red that is out here in the congregation. But it is the moment in the life of the church year that we give thanks for the Reformation and commemorate it. It's a day when we give thanks to God for God's overflowing and abundant grace. And in fact, we might say it's all about God's grace. Our lives, which we do nothing to, um, to uh, uh, you know, start, 
begin with God's grace, just giving us life. And we walk through life and our lives will end in God's grace. And it is God's grace that never lets us go no matter what happens to us. So people of God, it's all about God's grace. But I want to talk a little bit more about that. A year ago tomorrow, Steve and I boarded a plane with our dear friends Mark and Ann Daniels and flew to Berlin, Germany. When we began a, a, a 14-day tour of the important sites in Germany connected to the life of Martin Luther. We visited, as you might expect, uh, Wittenberg and Eisleben and Augsburg and Erfurt, Worms, the Wartburg Castle and Eisenach. And each site we visited, I think, helped me understand Luther's story more fully. We had a great guide and we had great people who met us at those sites to help, you know, us get a broader, a more rounded picture of who Luther was. But what I had not thought about before we traveled to these sites was how the artwork we would see would help convey important truths to which Luther's theological understanding would point. Take, for instance, where in Romans where Paul says, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we are justified by God's grace. And this is a gift to us because of Jesus Christ. This theme of grace, as well as others, were in the artwork we saw. And if you take, for instance, the Luther Rose, which we have one on the column out there in the lobby, um, it was all over the place. But often around that rose was the phrase, grace alone, uh, faith alone, word alone. You know, focusing that it's on grace. Or if you take, for instance, the paintings done by uh, Lucas Cranach, who is known as the elder Lucas Cranach, he's this great German artist who chronicled the Reformation through his work because he was a friend to Luther, the court painter for Frederick the Wise, who was Luther's protector, and um, he lived in Wittenberg. So he just had the inn, you might say. But when you look at his paintings, which were kind of all over the place where, where we were, uh, he regularly painted scenes where Christians encountered God's grace, God's unconditional love in their everyday lives, such as in reading the word, in baptism, in communion, in uh, the preaching of the word, and in the body of Christ as people live together. I had not expected the artwork we would see would help convey the good news of God's grace in such a powerful way. So <clears throat> if you have time this week, I encourage you to uh, Google Lucas Cranach. And look at the altarpiece that's on the city church in Wittenberg to see an example of what I mean. It focuses on the fact that people encounter God's grace through baptism, communion, and through the preaching of the word. However, you might be wondering, or maybe it's good to wonder together, why that grace, that unconditional love of God was so important to Luther. Luther's story tells it all. 
He regularly struggled with his sinfulness. He regularly struggled with his own brokenness, his own inability to keep the law of God. He regularly struggled with his imperfections. And so as a young monk, he was um, really kind of overwhelmed by that, and also at later times. But here is what we know. We know that through the study of scripture that God's grace and love became to him clearer and clearer as time went on. If you take, for instance, this passage from Jeremiah that we read, it's in that part of Jeremiah called the Book of Consolation. And it is where God promises God's people that he's gonna make a new covenant with them because the old one wasn't quite working. Well, anyway, I think that when Luther read that for the first time, it must have felt like a huge burden had been lifted off his body. And I think he must have felt like he could stand up straight and he could literally breathe again because he wasn't weighed down any longer. According to that passage, God says to the people, I'm going to write the law on your heart. I'm going to remember your sin more. And I think about that, and I think that sounds like God's grace, that God would write God's law on our hearts and not remember our sin. And I think what God is promising here is that God's going to change us, and God changed Luther from the inside out. God is promising our, our sins will be wiped away from his memory. God is promising to change our very hearts so we can respond to God's will, so we can reflect that will in the world It was that passage like this one and the others that we read today that began to convince Luther of the good news of the gospel. It is grace alone which saves us, makes us right in God's eyes. It's not anything we could do or would do, it is grace alone. And it's these passages which helped him see that God was chiefly known not by anger, not by God being disgusted with us, but by God's steadfast love and mercy. It was passages like that that reminded him that he was a beloved child of God. He had been baptized, and God doesn't demand our perfection because that's impossible for us, but our daily willingness to open our hearts up and to follow Jesus and to do God's will in the world because it is written on our hearts. A poet once said, sometimes it's necessary to reteach a thing its loveliness. Through God's living word found in scripture, Luther came to know and experience the love and grace of God for himself. Luther came to know Jesus, not as a condemning judge that he could never please, but instead as one who was loved and forgiven so he could be free. It's through scripture Luther discovered God's unconditional love, God's grace, and you might say he discovered once again his loveliness in God's eyes. And this love set him free, and we might just say the rest, well, the rest is really history, isn't it? Well, this weekend, we are celebrating that grace and how it's impacted us. But we're also celebrating God's grace in action in the lives of the members of Good Shepherd and in the people in our community 
and around the world. First, we're celebrating the fact that 11 young men and women will be affirming their faith and trust in God's grace, which they received in baptism. And when they were named a child of God forever, nothing can take that away from them. They belong to God. And they are affirming that they want to continue their relationship with God, who wrote upon their hearts in a particular way. And through this rite of confirmation, they're saying that they want to be a light to the world where there is darkness and where there is sometimes hopelessness. And through this rite, they're saying they want to share God's grace so people will know that love and forgiveness too. These confirmands, by the vows they're taking, are saying, we want to imitate the actions of Jesus, who reflected God's amazing love to the world. And we are grateful for God's grace and love, which has impacted their lives and has encouraged them to continue their faith journey in this particular way by making this public statement of their faith. But the second way we are celebrating God's grace in action is we're concluding a six-week adventure called God's Grace, Your Hands, in which many members of the congregation participated. It all started when Good Shepherd decided to participate in God's Work, Our Hands, which is this uh, ministry event of the ELCA that we've done for the last five years. But this year, Good Shepherd's uh, Church Council decided to do a new version of it called uh, of God's uh, work, Our Hands. We called it uh, 2.0 version, God's Grace, Your Hands. And we decided to do something new as a council and then really as a congregation. Well, on September 7th and 8th, as you many of you already know, during weekend worship, because of a, a generous gift that had been given to the congregation, Members who decided to participate were given checks of 100. I should ask who got 100, who got 250, and $500. And the line, as you all maybe know, but maybe don't know, which said paid to the order, was left blank on each of those checks. And then Pastor Heidi asked members to prayerfully consider over the next few weeks where they were being called to um, share this gift of God's grace with others who they knew or maybe encountered that needed a special dose, if you will, of that grace in their lives at that particular moment. They were challenged also to consider, how can we multiply this gift? What else could we do to multiply it, to share that grace around even a little bit more? And then, they were asked to send the check by, um, by October 20th and then share their story on the Good Shepherd website. Here's the thing. If you have not looked at the website, guess what, folks? You need to do so. Well, I shouldn't say it that way, but it really is quite wonderful. It's just amazing to me to see what people have done and how they've shared God's grace. And to tell you the truth, for me at least, as I read those stories on the website, and maybe because some of you know me fairly well, my eyes started to fill up with tears as I read the stories. I uh, was just kind of amazed about what people were doing, where they were feeling called to respond, and uh, just how many people were touched. 
And I think for me, when I often experience God's grace and see God's grace in action, my heart is touched because I'm just overwhelmed by the fact that God is so caring and loving to us. So when you read those stories, and I invite you to do so, and maybe you want to do so devotionally, take one a day and just read one and then just reflect on it. But anyway, when you read those stories, you will see how members have used those checks, those blessings to bless others. They bless friends and family who were in need. They use that money to feed the hungry. They bless people by providing medical care for, them, for those who are sometimes forgotten. They provided homes for the homeless. And they address serious diseases which plague individuals for which, for which uh, yet there's no cure has been found. They've helped with um, giving money towards research. The checks were given to care for creation in animals. Dogs and cats and even turtles were included in that. They provided clean drinking water, and they supported people who are often forgotten and excluded for various reasons, such as their sexual orientation. The checks were sent to all sorts of organizations around the world and addressed all sorts of concerns and needs. And as you might say, the list goes on and on. I think there's at least three pages on the website now. But here's what I loved hearing. I loved hearing you all talk about what you were doing. And often that was in the conversations over the last six weeks. People were saying, um, I'm doing this. I'm feeling called to do this. I loved hearing parents talk to their kids about what they felt they should do as families. It was just so refreshing to hear people ponder, how are we supposed to share this grace with other folks? Where is God writing it on my heart to respond in a particular way? And you all responded in different ways. You all shared that blessing in different ways. And that is what was so um, uplifting for me as somebody who walks with you. Well, I can't read all the stories from the website, and you probably wouldn't want me to because we would be here forever. But I wanted to read one. And the one I share illustrates... <clears throat> how the blessing blessed others and will continue to bless others. It also shows that sometimes God's grace goes out into the world to unexpected places and in unexpected ways, and maybe we think that's not important to do, but it really can make a difference. So the story I share is Grace Through Auto Repair, which seems kind of odd to think about, but it was Jan and Paul Zinniger's story, and they wrote... The owner of the shop where we take our cars, Burton's, often helps cover the cost of repairs or offers new used cars at a good price to people who cannot otherwise afford them. Cars are usually a necessity to get to work, so true, but they are so expensive to maintain, so true. And we know Duane deals fairly and compassionately with his customers, many times taking a loss. We matched the gift we received and presented the checks to him. And he was truly surprised and touched that we would offer this gift. He said there were always those who are having trouble paying to maintain their cars, and he would be able to help even more with that gift. You see, 
It really is all about God's grace. And what that grace does for people who need that grace in their lives, and what that grace does through people as we share it with others. God's amazing grace breathes life back into those who are feeling cut off or maybe judged or without hope or don't have what they need or feel like they're at a dead end. God's grace breathes life back into people. So my, today, my prayer for us as we're gathered here is that we would all know God's love and grace each and every day of our lives and that that grace would sustain us no matter what our situation is in life. Know that God's grace walks with you each day. And then my prayer is, is that we can be a living grace for other people, that we can reach out to those who are in need, that we can open our eyes so we can see that and share that with others. Because it is most certainly true, it's all about God's grace. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.